0: I never believed that I would have a voice again, but thanks to Anchor and their platform, I now have somewhere to share my story in the hopes that others are able to share their stories in their own time. Hi there, my name is Amanda, creator and producer of the podcast, Surviving Has a Price. Today's episode is going to be the start of my sex trafficking story. Uh, I will add a little side note in here that I am am unfortunately sick with a viral cold so the audio quality may not be the best and if you hear coughing i apologize editing out it is not an easy task all right let's get into this so my story starts in the fall of 2017 Uh, At the time, I was working a seasonal job, which I had been doing at the time for roughly four years, and it was something I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I would never go back to it now that I have a child, because I could not imagine going hours away from him for, you know, 200 bucks in a day. Couldn't do it. (laughs) (coughs) Let's see, my trafficker, who we will call Jay, and I'm going to add in a side note that Jay is a female, and that yes, females can be traffickers. It is a common misconception that sex traffickers or handlers are typically male. While yes, that is the case typically, women can also be traffickers. I'm going to repeat that again. Women can be traffickers. It is a very difficult thing to imagine when you look at the history of women and how many times a man has been the perpetrator. Usually, yes, it is very hard to imagine and i struggled with this and sometimes i find myself still tru- still struggling that my trafficker was a female uh she was the mastermind um about everything she she planned quote unquote dates she handled the business side of things she handled everything her boyfriend who at the time was was an active participant in the trafficking but not the grooming process he, he knew what was going on he never did anything to stop it though and he never did anything to help in any way i i find it very hard now after being removed from the situation i find it very hard to not place blame with him as well as her as unfortunately like i said he didn't know exactly what was going on he there was no way he couldn't (coughs) all right back to my story so as i said i met jay during a seasonal job that i had been working at the time for about four years and we had become pretty fast friends Uh, We both shared similar traumas in life. Narcissistic parents. Absent parents. Raised by, you know, other people in our families. We both had sexual trauma in the past. Myself, while I was in high school. And hers just, you know... Now looking back, thinking about her story, it would not shock me if it was in a way she was also being trafficked and i know a lot of people say the say the saying hurt people hurt people and while yes that is true it is our job to stop that hurt somewhere put a roadblock in it so we no longer hurt people <coughs> Jay and I had, as I said, become very fast friends. And I immediately felt as though she was someone I could trust. And unfortunately, she used a lot of what I told her about my past, about being you know, an assault and rape survivor, about my unhappy home life with my narcissistic parent. She took all that and she used that to build a quote-unquote safe space for me in her home. She involved me in her family life with her child and her boyfriend and his kids. She made holidays a family affair where I was automatically invited, where I was told it wouldn't be the same if you weren't there, and like an idiot, though I, I did not feel like that at the time. I fell for that, and I am not angry at myself. I am angry at her, unfortunately. <coughs> <coughs> that someone can use, you know, something that is so near and dear to someone like family against you know against someone she spent i'd say roughly a year and a half or so grooming me to completely feel as though you know that was my family you protect your family you do whatever it takes for your family and when she came to me and said you know we need money I have this all set up all you have to do is go along with it I did not think twice because there were children involved there were six kids who I love dearly who are my niece and nephews and I would do anything to keep you know a roof over their head food in their stomachs and I only wish now that I felt that way at the time about myself, that I would sacrifice everything for myself because at the time I wasn't, I was putting myself in harm's way in more ways than one. (coughs) Uh, So my trafficking, the active trafficking, started in February of 2019. And towards the end of the month of February I became pregnant with my son who is almost three years old now and at the time I was ecstatic and terrified (laughs) uh if you have listened to an earlier episode of mine you'll hear that I have lost three children during pregnancy two miscarriages and ectopic and for those of you that don't know uh miscarriages happen you know early on in pregnancy ectopics can tend to happen equally early on in pregnancy and i was terrified i would not bring my child home i was constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop my entire pregnancy that something something would prevent me from bringing my child home <clears throat> during the trafficking i i couldn't even tell you how many different people i saw and was quote-unquote sold to i never stopped and thought about it i i haven't stopped and thought about it there are some quote-unquote clients that did not just solely want be intimate with me or physical with me however you choose to phrase it some were quote-unquote kind and enjoyed speaking and they weren't all bad and I think maybe I shouldn't say I think I, I feel as though that's not a typical sentence most survivors of trafficking can say that not all their clients were bad maybe it's just how they treated me as i i played to their i played to my strengths really i am a chameleon i morphed into what they wanted what the vibe of the room was so to speak i did as i was told and i didn't argue and i didn't fight back and I fully believe that is why I'm alive today and doing this podcast. Because I complied. (coughs) Something about trafficking that a lot of people can't seem to understand is there's not enough information about it. Not enough teenagers, and especially children, know what sex trafficking or human trafficking is. I certainly didn't. I did not know or understand exactly what the word meant until January of 2022. Uh, I had been searching on Spotify for podcasts surrounding the topic and after coming across a podcast, I had realized I had been sex trafficked for the duration of my pregnancy with my son and that my so-called friend was my trafficker. And coming to terms with that has taken a a lot of time and energy and just being present. (coughs) What I think is the hardest part is I still have fond, I guess I'll call them, memories of my trafficker and I spending time together being just regular friends during the grooming process. And now that I understand, you know, that I was trafficked, I'm able to understand what that grooming process was. It wasn't genuine. It was trying to lower my guard and try and get me to not be afraid and not question when she came to me to ask for my help or tell me that I was going to do something and not really give me an argument. (laughs) It's very difficult to come to terms with as a 29-year-old realizing that I was sex trafficked, and it it makes me question. You know, how do I genuinely how do I genuinely trust my own instincts when it comes to other people if I couldn't see for <laughs> a year and a half that this person was taking advantage of me. And using me and being, you know, (coughs) 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 sorry guys, I'm not feeling too well. Um, You know, it, it just buckles my mind how for a year and a half, I felt as though that this was normal, this friendship of ours, because she acted as though everything was beachy. Everything was normal, everything was you know, kosher. I I was very much a part of her family until I wasn't until the day that she came to me and said, Hey, I need you to go do this, this and this and don't ask questions. And I I agreed because that's what family did for one another. You dropped everything and did what you were asked and now looking back I realize that is not a family that is an abuser being abusive and it's a very hard pill to swallow (coughs) Uh, sorry guys (laughs) I think what's what's hard to explain to people, is that because I did not know what sex trafficking was until this year, I did not recognize the warning signs, I did not recognize the love bombing, I did not recognize the backhanded comments, the subtle jabs at my self-esteem, my self-worth, my my interests, anything like that. I was diagnosed with a heart condition in two thousand eighteen that I will have for the rest of my life and that there is no cure for. And before anyone asks, yes, I'm okay, I'm I'm not dying <laughs> though I joke with my cardiologist, I'm not dying yet, um Jay did not Jay took it seriously at first because I think she saw that her, her money pit could potentially croak at any time. And I guess that's a morbid way of putting it, but it's, it's not a lie. <laughs> uh, so I, this question will probably be asked at some point. Yes, I did have a full-time job well, in the process of being groomed uh, I actually started that fall that full-time job roughly the same time I met Jay and from the beginning I loved that job I would never go back to that line of work uh, never again but I thoroughly loved it Jay unfortunately cost me that job and I think that was part of her plan all along, in a way, to get me out of that job and in to depend on her more and more. And I think once that happened, kinda gave her the green light to not groom anymore, but actively be into traffic. And I'll never forget the day that she came to me and said, i have something for you to do don't ask questions don't don't question it just do what you're asked please and i have i remember from the full nine months that i was being trafficked i never got a please thank you are you okay how are you is there anything i can do to help you from her whatsoever I babysat her kids. I cooked. I cleaned. I did laundry. I was basically a live in maid that never complained, never argued, never talked back, never fought, never was ornery, never did anything of the sort that would make anyone think there was a problem going on. And I know now that I probably should have put, well, not that I probably should have, I should have put up a bigger issue with, you know, the people around us as the real other adults in play that could clearly see that our dynamic was not normal, yet no one said anything. No one stood up. No one did anything. And I'm going to stop right here and... A phrase from someone that has their own podcast about her own sex trafficking story. If you see something, say something. If something does not seem right to you for any reason, say something, question it. Don't sit idly back and wait for something to happen. Do something right then and there. Now, yes, you you may worry about their safety. Which is completely understandable. And in later episodes I will I will put together something that kind of gives you a a do and do not list in reference to talking to trafficking victims or survivors and questioning them about, you know, what's happening in their lives. <coughs> Really sure how to put my next words into a sentence, so I'm going to try. Sex trafficking is a multi-billion dollar industry for so many reasons. You have child sex trafficking and that alone rakes in more money than any industry really that I can think of aside from drugs. And unfortunately, as children, that's, that's when people are their most vulnerable. You, you don't see anything in schools about trafficking, ever. And if you do, it's because something already happened. I, I did not know what trafficking was until I started doing my own research until i wanted to become informed and i wanted to understand what this was due to being you know a sexual assault and rape survivor in the past in high school